Welcome to the Festive Five Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to episode five of the Festive Five Podcast from Fields of Fantasy. Pestle Ed with you for one final time this festive season. It's it's sad, Mark, but, but we're going to go out on a high. I mean, this is quite a vague title we've got for this one. I think it's one of my favourites, though, because I think it means you can literally go anywhere with it. Malcolm, what draft is this? The Christmas Icons Draft! Ho, 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 ho! Merry Christmas! So when I was doing my research, I kind of went through and started to put a few things down. <laughs> my, my research. My research. I genuinely research. <laughs> yeah. this. Um, I googled Christmas icons just to see if there's any kind of thing that came up. All emojis and stuff. Ah, yeah. right, okay. So, yeah, I think, though, this will be one where there'll be maybe some strong correlation. I don't think there's anyone we're going to be, have a particular vested interest in insisting we pick, but I think there's probably going to be one or two that we just won't have thought of either on this one. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Christmas icons, it, it means different things to different people, but, but there are things that we all associate with Christmas. But, but, yeah, I think I've got some good names to throw into the mix. And it is your turn to start first, so without further ado... Round one. Well, the first pick is easy. There, There is only one Christmas icon. He is the number one, the big daddy of Christmas. It is Father Christmas, Santa Claus, the big man himself. He is the Christmas icon, and no one can dispute that. I mean, you've given a few possible names there. Would you like to hear what he's called around the world? Oh, come on then. Educate me. In American English, Chris Kringle. Yes. Uh, in France, Papa Noel or Daddy Christmas, the little literal translation. Spanish, Papa Noel, also Father Christmas. Dutch, Sinterklaas. Very Dutch. Was that Dutch? Did I sound Dutch? Yeah, you sounded very Dutch. I didn't sound offensive. We've done yeah. accents before and it's gone wrong. Yeah, I, I can't do accents. German, so this one is for Poults. Let me have a little think. Weihnachtsmann. 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 Christmasman. Weihnachtsman. It doesn't sound as cheery as Father Christmas. <laughs> no. Oh, who's that? It's Weihnachtsman. <laughs> no. I think he was the character on um, Jingle All The Way 2. <laughs> uh, Italian, now this is a good one. And once again, apologies if this is mispronounced, uh, especially if anyone in the Parodi household is listening. Uh, Babo Natal. Oh, that sounds nice. good. I like that. In Russian, I, c- I can't read Russian um, script. Well, yeah, I mean, I assume it's called Vladimir Putin. <laughs> 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 there we go. Some nice of this is satire on the show. Turkish Noel Baba. That's quite a good one. Yeah, Noel uh, Baba's not bad. And in Polish now, I'm not sure because there are what do you call it where you have like like in German you have like the umnauts and things. What's that called on in in language where you have an accent, an umlaut? The accents like there's look, there's these different ways of doing letters. Oh Schweiti Mikolai. you said that better than I would So yeah, Schweiti Mikolai. St. Nicholas so in Polish. So he's known by many names, he's the big man. No, I think he would be the number one icon in most countries in the world, would he not? I don't know. Maybe not everywhere. I think, um, and I'm not a religious man, Ed, but I think the one man that might trump him is the big JC himself, 
Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, it, it, yes, I suppose Christmas is all about him. <laughs> so, I mean, we would not have Christmas if it weren't for Jesus Christ, Edward. That is I know it. it's named after Father Christmas. <laughs> yes, yes, because that definitely happened and the Bible is real and everything, yes. Okay, right. Uh, for, for any of our religious listeners, we are going to stop talking now. Round two. Round two. Okay, so um, I've got Santa Claus in my team. Uh, who does... <laughs> Your team. He's my team. We're, we're in full fantasy my, draft now. My team of icons. Who I've do I need Jesus, alongside I've got playing quarterback. <laughs> who do I need alongside Santa Claus? Uh, I'd say he's going in front of him. That is very true. So he's going to be his offensive line in front of the quarterback. That is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Good old Rudolph. Good old Rudolph. Rudolph, well, I mean, Rudolph is a Christmas icon. He is, he's got his own song. Uh, he's got a great nose. I mean, what else can I say? Are there any other songs that people sing with such cheer that's about bullying? Oh, yeah. Used to laugh and call him names. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's... But he, he got over it, and now he's like Santa's main man. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> at least his main reindeer. Yeah, he, he's got over it. Uh, you can't argue of the importance of Rudolph. We would not have our presence if it weren't for Rudolph guiding that sleigh. Yeah, how would they be delivered? Night. How would they be delivered? It would be completely impossible, and all the boys and girls and adults of all ages would be very sad come Christmas Day. However, I mean, he kind of does his own thing. You can't create yourself a Rudolph. What no. is more fun than creating yourself a wintry friend at Christmas? Especially if you don't have any friends, Edward. <laughs> you can make me cry. <laughs> you can go out into the garden and make yourself a snowy buddy. I'm going to go for the snowman. And this is all snowmen. But to think whenever we speak of snowmen, we think of the snowman yeah. who was walking in the air. Was that in tune at all? That was just like Alan Jones was in the room. Was it? Was it? beautiful. I mean, that could have gone in the Christmas movie uh, uh, podcast, couldn't it? But, but yeah, snowman's a good shout. Uh, I like I like making snowmen, or I did like making snowmen when I was a child. Uh, maybe, you maybe made not. a snowman recently? No, not as an adult. No? no, perhaps we should do that. Maybe we need it to snow first. It snowed last weekend. Oh yes, it did. Yeah, but literally, it was weird because there was a lot of snow, and then it all just got washed away in about twelve hours. Well, we should, next time we'll get to it quick, smart, okay, and oh, sort oh, ourselves oh. out a snowman. Look, I'm going out with Mark to build a snowman. <laughs> snowman time. <laughs> the thing is, she would go, okay. There'd <laughs> be no. Um, I had, a, well, I don't have, I'm sure it still exists somewhere, but one of my favourite pictures I've ever had taken of myself, and there have been a few, was one when I was but a small boy and I'd been making snowmen out in the out in the street when you could play in the street at safer times, Edward. Oh, back, back, back in the day. And my dad had picked up the snowman I had made, and I was proudly looking up at the window to have my photograph taken. And Your he dad dropped just... the snowman on my head. The photo, considering it was an age of film photography, I am wearing a snowman upon my head. <laughs> it was such a good photograph. And the size of your dad, I can imagine him lifting up a snowman. As if it were a mere trinket. <laughs> trinket to a snowman. So, yep, yeah, I'm throwing snowmen into the mix to close out round two. Round three. So, arguably, we, we, you know, we, we've got some big hitters out of the way, but there are still quite a few uh, iconic figures left. Uh, and I'm going to go for a little animal. He's a little animal who's the symbol of the month. 
the symbol of Christmas, the symbol of wintertime. Are we thinking badgers? It is not a Christmas not badger. A Christmas badger. <laughs> not a Christmas badger. You don't get a Christmas <laughs> you badger. Don't. I don't know why. Sorry, badgers. Just quickly write down a note. <laughs> idea for Christmas book, The Christmas Badger. The Christmas Badger. <laughs> yes, if Julia Donaldson is listening, I'm sure she's uh, writing the book as we speak. Christoph the Christmas Badger. <laughs> but, no. It wasn't this badger who tomfoolery. Uh, it is the Robin Redbreast. Oh, Mr. Robin Redbreast. Yes, or Robin Redbreast. Mrs. Robin Redbreast. Mrs. Yeah, either or. I mean, what is more beautiful than looking out of the window? Uh, especially on Christmas Day, could you imagine looking out the window and seeing a beautiful Robin? They're all over everything. They're on Christmas cards. They're everywhere, aren't they? I mean, they are pretty iconic. I didn't realise that Robins are actually knocking about all year round. It's just because they don't migrate, we see more of them. Is that Well, right? we're just drawn to them more. In the winter. So you could see a robin in May. Oh, they're always knocking about, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So you're detracting slightly from my, oh, Christ- my Christmas iconicness, but um, I do think they're very closely associated with the month. Do you know who is only about at Christmas? Is their only chuffing day off because they're busy working the rest of the year, making sure our presents are all ready, wanting for the good boys and girls. Is it the government? It's not the government, <laughs> no. I am instead talking about the hard grafters themselves. The elves. Oh, you did a little bit of rhyming there. Oh, I did. I didn't even realise I did it. Elves are obviously Christmas icons because they, they make our presents. They are currently beaver away making all the things that the boys and girls would like. They're making scooters, they're making toy cars, they're making PlayStation 5s, they're making disposable vapes, they're making all the things that children want this Christmas. Disposable vapes, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're making lots and lots of different things. And, I mean, Rudolph wouldn't be needed, he'd be unemployed. If it weren't for the elves. Good point. Santa would have nothing to deliver. How would it affect Jesus? Jesus, I suppose he'd have still carried on being persecuted by the by the Romans. Yes, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Did Jesus have any elves? Disciples. 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 Oh, they, they were kind of yesteryear elves with the disciples. I think we've got another Christmas book coming <laughs> <Christmas> on. Book. <laughs> The, ye- the yester Jesus and the yester year elves. Uh, we're, oh, we're at serious risk of causing offence. Um, shall we move on to round four? I think it's time. <laughs> round four. I'm moving away from kind of like almost, I don't know how, like ultimate icons to something. I'm bringing it very much back to British shores. And the next selection, I don't think will resonate at all with our American listeners. You won't know who I'm talking about. But what's more Christmas than sat around watching lots of Christmas TV? Of course, nowadays, Christmas TV isn't what it once was. So so I'm going back to yesteryear. I'm going back to one of my Christmas icons, something that I watched and looked forward to every Christmas. I'd sit down and watch with the family. And one of my Christmas icons is Derek Delboy Trotter from Only Fools and Horses. Now, you made it very clear you didn't think this would land with our American listeners. No. Yet you did insist on using a Del Boy pun when referencing Derek Henry on our actual fantasy football podcast. I know, because I, I, you're very clear we have to use puns for that. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and so I was just doing what I was told. <laughs> okay. okay. You've made me sound a tyrant. Continue. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Only Falls is just something. I mean, there's so many iconic episodes, the chandelier, crying, you know, and, and the Christmas episode. I mean, obviously the ultimate Christmas episode was where they became millionaires. And, and yeah, it's just something that I associate with a Christmas Day special. Figures of people watching it, 25, 30 million. You know, the whole country is sat down watching it. It doesn't really happen like that anymore. But, but yeah, to me... 
Del Boy um, is a Christmas icon. Now, with my extended family, so uh, my wife and her family are from Romford down Essex Way, Greater London, apparently, because it's in the M25. And Del Boy's like Essex Jesus, isn't he? <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something that I've I've always, obviously always been aware of and always tuned in, but however, over the last few years, it's become much more of a staple in our household when it gets towards Christmas. I'm going to go back to our American listeners, though. I'm going to cross the Atlantic and... I'm going to go for the full house of references from our previous movie show. I'm going Kevin McAllister. Oh, how could I miss that? Of course. So obviously an icon. I chose Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 in our movies draft. It's just the just everything about Kevin McAllister, that character, the like we said before, the the joy of kind of Christmas through the child's eyes, the how many Christmas everyone listening spent looking at how they could possibly use their new toys to create a trap to apprehend two rogue burglars trying to uh, to rob their houses and cause mischief and shenanigans. So yeah, Kevin McAllister, for my money, two of the most iconic Christmas films. That's why I chose them. And he's obviously front and centre of those films and the poster boy. And that's it. And ultimately, at the end of both of those films, it's all about family, isn't it? And how much he loves his family. And yeah, it's beautiful. So much so, they bin him off again the next year. Yeah, yeah. That's the little slight issue with Home Alone 2. <laughs> like, like, they did it again. Do they have social care in America in the 90s? <laughs> no, they were too rich to have social care okay. involved. Round five. Who is your last pick then? So let's finish off with a musical icon. And he's been mentioned, I think, in at least one of our other shows. And that is the late, great Shane McGowan. Yeah. Yeah, he has become, you know, with that iconic Christmas song, which you chose as your number one, quite rightly. And, you know, Shane McGowan has become associated with that song. You know, his, I don't know, he, he, he hasn't got an American smile, shall we say. So I think his face... No, he's <laughs> barely got a smile. So his face has become just synonymous with Christmas time, hasn't it? I mean, I could have chosen Kirsty McCall, but for me, it's, it's Shane McGowan that is kind of like the face of that song. Yeah, and obviously, as we said on the previous show, we've recorded all five of these in one go. You may be able to tell by our quickening of pace as we go through the shows. When we're recording, this is the day of his funeral as well. And I would expect by the time you're listening to this, potentially Ferritone has been Christmas number one. I'd really hope so. That'd be lovely. It is, it's a great song. When you hear him start singing at the start of that song, that's when I feel properly Christmassy. And yeah, just a, a song that I can't imagine at any point in my life I will grow tired of listening to. And so we're, as music fans, we've seen we've been to a lot of gigs, we've seen a lot of music together. When somebody within their singing, their songwriting can provide you with so many reference points for things in life. And when someone does that at Christmas, then they are iconic in my eyes, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Shane McGowan is, is just an, an absolute legend. Finally then, my last pick, and as we've done with a couple of these, probably because we are recording it in the last of our series of shows, my final icon that I'm going for is somebody who has bought me hours and hours and hours of entertainment and enjoyment and laughter, and that is Caroline Ahern. Oh, what an absolute legend. Uh, I've said already that Christmas is not complete without the royal family, especially the royal family Christmas specials. Not only as writer in that, but also as one of the lead roles in it as well. Um, one of my favourite ever things in any sitcom, 
is putting some lemonade into the punch for them that don't drink. (laughs) 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 It's just that there's so many things in that series are core memories for me when it comes to the world of comedy. She's vegetarian because she have wafer. She have wafer in hand, Barbara. <laughs> it's just, and yes, kind of Ricky Tomlinson obviously is the the star of that. Who people think of that? Obviously, that partnership of Ahern and Cash um, was was just absolutely amazing, both on screen and writing it. And one, I mean, obviously, she sadly died a number of years ago. And I'm genuinely gutted. I will never get to see another Royal Family Christmas special, but also. Could you possibly have a greater and more perfectly complete legacy from your work in the world of entertainment that she has? Yeah, I mean, what a loss. What 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 could have been? That's all you can say, really. And can I just have a a little shout out, just a little sidetrack for the Mrs. Merton show, which was also <laughs> brilliant as well. I saw I saw that, and that was, I remember a couple of Christmas specials of that. I saw a, a little clip from it recently where she was interviewing Bernard Manning, and she was mm-hmm. asking him about. Uh, Bernard, why do you have to be racist or something like that? <laughs> something along those lines. But yeah, I mean, she's incredible. And the royal family, you, you're right, is something that, that will, will definitely be associated with Christmas. Another amazing line of her as well was um, when she asked Debbie McGee, yes. what do you see in the multimillionaire? Yeah, poor Daniel. <laughs> poor Daniel. Yeah. I would imagine, though, for any of our American listeners that are still tuning in, I can't imagine the royal family lands very well with American humour. I, I mean, it, it doesn't would... land very well with, with... People in this country. Yeah, to be fair. This is one thing the debate in our household is the royal family for me is head and shoulders above uh, Only Fools and Horses. But there are some people who just don't get it. It's quite awkward humour, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's like it's in it's any kind of like the office um, yeah. extras category, isn't it? So... We've talked about our icons, but but surely we need to find out Malcolm's icon. My Christmas icon is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it's such a just a specific reason on why Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is my Christmas icon is because I was in elementary school and we used to go to the auditorium. And during Christmas time, they would have the entire auditorium of kids sing Christmas songs. And Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer used to be one of my favorite songs when it was time to sing that song. And it just, I don't know, it gave me like a visual of the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it just sounds so, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. It just sounded so amazing with all the kids. Because, you know, when kids sing Christmas songs, it just touches a certain chord, you know. And it just, even while I was a kid, I loved the sound of all of us kids singing the Christmas song. So um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer became an icon of mine because of the song we used to sing when I was little. Oh my goodness me, Malcolm. I'm, I'm, I'm welling up here. What a beautiful story. Well, do you want me to turn it back then? That is clearly a man who hasn't been to a kid's Christmas concert as an adult. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Tears back inside. Well, you're 2-0 you're two, two as well on Malcolm Matches. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. So, yeah, um, massive. If you're listening, Malcolm, we hope you are because we've sent you a link to this. Huge thank you for doing those. Oh, what you, a joy to hear from you. You have been a huge part of our show over the last couple of years and you have, um, imagine for most people, been the favourite and the highlight of these five shows as well. By a distance. So we did speak before this recording. We've had, obviously, our other notables at various points. We're moving away from that for our final episode. Instead, we're kind of speaking about, when we think about Christmas icons, everyone will have their own specific ones that nobody else will know at all, and that is our own family members. So we're going to finish off with my ultimate Christmas icon. Uh, For me, 
uh, is my nin, which is my name that I call my nan, Aww. because I can't think of anybody that made me laugh with so many nonsensical, ridiculous things on Christmas Day <laughs> as my nin. So she's someone that, as I got older, and I used to spend loads of time as younger, so you see, as you do with family, you see less and less as you're growing up. But Christmas in our household was always waiting at the window for Nin and her partner Dave to arrive so we could start opening presents and just sit going, what on earth are they doing? It's nine o'clock. They're not ready to open any presents yet. Uh-huh. Then there'd have to be a chat about the presents and we start going, Can I please politely open my presents now. <laughs> there was always some discussion about why we put that ridiculous amount of food on my plate. It was a standard just part of the times we went through. There'd always be some discussion about who was doing the best washing up. Just those silly little things that happened over the, over the course of it. And for me... An iconic phrase that then happened as a result of mine in at Christmas, at some point when there was too much custard, there was too much pudding, there was too much dinner, the number of times the phrase chuffing Ada was shouted around <laughs> in our household at Christmas uh, was amazing as well. Well, how does that translate for our American listeners? Oh, darn. Yeah, yeah we're going for that. So at this point, I'm hoping everyone will be thinking of their own icons in their family, their own people that make Christmas for them. I mean, it's to say, that that is it. I mean, I love Christmas and... The reason I love Christmas is because of family. You get to it's just spending time with like mums, dads, sisters, bro- brothers, you know, aunties, uncles, friends, and it's just that special time. Just just wait, you don't really get it at any other time in the year. So we love a Christmas snack, a Christmas movie, but it's all about the family. Absolutely. So that is all from us. If you've listened to all five of our shows, thank you very much. Um, we know there'll be lots of people listening would not usually listen to our show. We hope you have found it as entertaining as we have found ourselves. We find ourselves very entertaining. We do. We, we've enjoyed it and we've ended on, on, what, on what is a wonderfully heartwarming moment. And I know if nobody else has enjoyed these shows, we'll listen, enjoy listening to the back anyway. I'm excited already. From us, have a very Merry Christmas. But Malcolm, for the fifth and final time, let's wrap things up. From Pestle and Ed of TA's Fantasy Football and me, Malcolm, have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.